All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, and welcome back to the Question the Question podcast, where I'm your host Simon. Still the same person, a little bit different. I got older, different thoughts, different episode, but yes, kind of similar person to the one I was last week. Anyways, welcome back to the podcast where we talk about philosophy in our daily lives and something that allows us to question the world. Like, what just accept it as is? Isn't that more fun to just wonder, like, why should I accept it as the truth? Because that's the human spirit, you know? Like, think about kids. Kids always ask this wonderful question of why. Everyone had that period in their life when they kept bothering their parents with that why, 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 why. And it is important for us, I guess, even like to become a true human, one needs to always ask this question of why. And for today's episode, I couldn't really come up with any topic, like for real, for real. And then I found it, reality. It might sound a little bit crazy, but bear with me. How do you know that this world is real? How do you know that my voice is not your dream? Maybe you're dreaming. How do we know that? And like, I'm going to give you a spoiler. We will never be able to prove that actually objective world exists. In a way, it's kind of a faith thing like God. You have to believe in it to act it out in a way. And why no one will ever be able to prove it. So for a starter, for basics, okay, we establish that everything we perceive comes through or from our senses. I see things with my eyes. I touch things with my hands. Then I smell things with my nose. And all of that is subjective. When I'm looking at a door handler without my glasses that I always wear, the door handler looks a little bit blurred. And I shouldn't accept it as is because I know I touched it before that it's firm, it's solid, it's not as blurred. So with that, we can't really rely on our senses. And also, how about this? I'm not just perceiving this world through or with my eyes. Actually, it's far more complicated. Brain. My brain is using my eyes to decipher, to decode the information that comes from them. My brain uses my hands to explore the world, but the entire process of understanding it, thinking it, comes through that gray matter that is stuck in the box that, well, I'm hoping it's kind of a pretty box, but nonetheless, in this box. And like, imagine if you were trapped in, let's say, like, dark room, and there is no way out, but for some unknown reason, you're able to communicate with the world and have an image of it through some external things. And in that room, it's pretty dark, so that influences you. Because, you know, I think inside, inside my head, it's kind of dark. I haven't checked it, but I have an assumption, so don't fight me on that. But anyways, it's complicated. And with the entire world, like, we have to operate with each other, assuming that they exist. So, it's, it's really hard. And like all of the other problems in the world, now this, when I can be sure that this world is real. And what about my body? What if, like, 
Even when I hurt myself, that's not my body that is hurt, but instead, those are just the perceptions that I'm having right now, that I'm experiencing in a way. You know, like, um, there was a British philosopher in the 20th century who used the cat argument, so let's say you're perceiving a cat. You're perceiving a cat that is hungry, so you fed the cat. Then you left for work, came back, and... With your brain and logic, you're able to draw a conclusion that, okay, maybe the cat is getting hungry, but it's the same cat, so I need to feed it again. However, what if you're just perceiving a new hungry cat? In a way, how do you know that the tree fell in the forest when you didn't see it, you didn't hear it? How do you know that your relatives exist when you are not perceiving them? You just have to assume and that's how our world operates in a way. Our science operates on this assumption that the world is real. So that's why we can have certain laws, certain methods, objective methods that work regardless of the circumstances. So we know what the outcome is going to be if they're more or less similar, like more or less similar, right? So, but again, it's an assumption. There is no proof that the world is real. And when we operate as humans, again, assuming that it is, we have to use tools like passport, let's say, or your driver's license that kind of tells that, okay, some sort of reality exists, so we'll like, use it, but we have no definite proof. And there was another philosopher who I really love, like, his arguments are so convincing that it's kind of hard to... Um, think about anything else in a way. So it was Berkeley, an Irish philosopher in the 18th century. So basically he said that the only things that we're perceiving are ideas. We cannot perceive an object on its own. We are perceiving ideas. And let's say if you are dreaming, that thing is not real. And you feel that because you can't really say you know it again because you're you know everything through your senses and they kind of lie to you. So are those things real? No, because they're from your dream. But at the same time, they are ideas that you're perceiving. And so you can argue that everything else you perceive is an idea. So in that sense, the world does not exist. But, well, Berkeley wouldn't be that smart if he didn't do that. He argued that the only way you can say that this world is real, if there is an internal being that is perceiving everything at once, and for him it was God. So that justified the existence of the objective world. That kind of makes sense because like if someone's perceiving me and my relatives, then I kind of can say that, okay, Probably then, according to that being, I am real and the objective world exists. However, what should you do if you don't believe in such thing? And again, we're running into a problem that we don't know. And the worst thing probably is we will never find out. And that's why also you can see, especially today, God gracious, today we live in the world where even like the truth, so to say, like, more or less, objective truth becomes relative. And when you read the news, like, certain things change depending on who describes them. So we kind of lost this, like, what is a fact thing? So th that's where most of the arguments come from. Because also, like, I heard, I remember I saw a video and 
Um, so let's say some people got offended and the cop who showed up to solve the situation, he said, perception is the reality. Like he, he said it accurately in a way because everything that we have comes through our senses. It's our perception. But at the same time, if you argue that there is no objective reality, then how can we have any courts? How can we have any communications between people if there is no this, you know, constanta that we can always refer to? And I really like how Ayn Rand put it. So Ayn Rand, long story short, she was an American writer, even though she was born and raised in uh, Russia, then the USSR. But she considered herself an American based on ideas because she argued that being American is not just being born there. It's more of a spirit thing. So and she said that you can avoid the reality, but you can never avoid the consequences of avoiding the reality. It's so powerful. Like, and she also, I'm, I forgot to mention it. I'm so sorry. She was an objectivist. And according to her, uh, she believed that objective world exists, existed, exists. So that's why we can communicate as humans. We can live. We can grow and things like that. So she believed that there is such thing as objective world. But anyways, coming back to that phrase, you know, it sounds so simple, but at the same time, it's so profound. And speaking of personal experience, for instance, um, let's say there are certain things in my life that are trying to deny that no, that was not real, I could always change it. But then, you know, they, let's say, ruled me regardless. So I had to not give in, but rather accept but after i challenged it so i made sure okay i guess this is really me so i couldn't avoid the consequences of avoiding that reality and that's why there was a period in my life when i had to you know when the mess that i created by avoiding that reality i had to sort out i had to go there clean it you know, like put the things where they belonged, make sure that all the trash was gone and all the things that I broke with my decision to avoid reality, I had to fix all of that. I'm not saying that it was a bad thing because I believe that it made me stronger. However, it didn't make me realize that there are certain things that you just can't avoid. It's just the reality. It's something that it doesn't matter what I like, how I convince myself. It's just is. So in a way, through my experience, even though I perceived it through my subjective senses, I learned that the world exists. The objective world exists. Because like even let's say if I argue, okay, maybe that's my perception. I know that if I don't pay the bills that I'm perceiving, I know that I will suffer consequences. So how come that I know what I will be perceiving in a way. I know more or less the matter of those perceptions. And if it's a perception, I have no control of it. Because like, okay, about the word consciousness, you can be conscious of something, but you can never be conscious of your consciousness and control it. When you look at things, they are there. You're just perceiving them. Your consciousness does what is already there, right? Again, assuming that this world is real. So with all of that, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to know your future perceptions in that sense because you can't really control them, but yeah, you kind of can.
So to me, that proves that the objective world actually exists. Well, I mean, and plus, okay, it, it's just easier to communicate it this way. And if we start arguing that the objective world does not exist, we can just say goodbye, math. We don't need you because you're not real. Two plus two gives me four. Mm -mm -mm. In my world, I'm perceiving this as five, you know, so it's a very dangerous route to go. And that's what actually postmodernists did because before, you know, the existence of reality, the existence of certain things was by default, like it was default. It was taken for granted in a way. And when postmodernists and modernists came, they were like, um, and what if it's not real? What if everything you knew before is fake? You know, and in my opinion, that art, like modern, modernist art, like the beginning of 20th century, you know, in Russia, Diaghilev, that is beautiful. However, when I look at postmodern architecture, you know, with all that notion that the world is not real, we can, like, really, we can never know whether it is. I look at the architecture, and it doesn't, seem to me like it's built for centuries it's built for here and now you know this kind of perceptive architecture because when i look at the 19th century architecture you know with those beautiful proportions beautiful colors and things like that it looks like it was built to last while right now with all this like oh is this whole thing even like real those buildings look like they're built to enjoy that little that little you know like flash of emotion but not think about the future not think about what's going to happen like when you look at let's say dubai the tallest building in the world at the moment yes it's gorgeous in its size you know but at the same time you have to clean it you know because they're winds deserts like you can think that you can build anything you want but you cannot avoid of the responsibility for your choices. The consequences are real. They exist. So, I don't know. To me, this world is real. But what do you think? I'm really curious. Um, so, stay tuned and see you in the next episode.